Hi, this is Cheryl, and welcome to my weekly Facebook Live. I'm glad to have you here with me, or I'll, I will be glad to have you here with me once you all start joining. It's um, Wednesday, as you probably know, and it's beautiful out here in Massachusetts, where I live, where uh, it's just, it's, we have a few more days of spring, and then we enter summer. This week, the solstice happens, the equinox. So we'll be, it'll be formally summer, although it, it's felt like an extended spring. We haven't really had a lot of very warm days, and, um, but I'm looking forward to, or I'm not looking forward, I'm actually enjoying the spring and the spring weather. And, uh, you know, it's, it'll be 90 here before you know it. So I'm enjoying the, the kind of cool 70 temperatures for now. I hope you're enjoying where you are. Um, let's see. Let's say hi. Hi, Terry. Thanks for being here. And Rose and Jess, welcome to you. And Teresa and Lisa and um, Doreen. And hi, Lisa. Um, and Jennifer, welcome. And Jackie and Sarah and Debbie and um, Anki. Is that how you say that? Anki and Cheryl, welcome to you. My namesake and Linda. Hi. And uh, Pia, welcome. Kathy and Julie. Um, today I want to talk about finding your purpose at midlife. If there's one question I've been asked probably ever since I became a coach, ever since I started um, traveling and teaching, and, um, and if there's one question I've asked myself from the very beginning when I began my own journey of self-discovery and commitment to personal growth, it's always been, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? It's often what we think, right? What am I supposed to do? Well, um, I've always said, and I've always felt personally that our purpose here is to invest in our own growth and evolution. I would have said in my late twenties and thirties that the purpose would really be about healing, um, sort of mining our childhood for the gold that would allow us to become more self-aware and present and better, uh, more functional in relationships. And, um, and then as time has gone on and as I've gotten, as I've grown up, um, I realized more and more that the purpose goes deeper and becomes even more important. And it's about getting to know ourselves in a more intimate way. It's about um, connecting with the reality that we are consciousness in a physical body. We're not just human beings, we are spiritual beings, consciousness inhabited, you know, uh, existing within this body. And, um, and a lot of times we equate purpose with vocation, business, career, and especially earlier in life. And it's not that that isn't a part of our purpose, because the truth is everything we do in life, every relationship we engage in, every job we have, every business we start, every business that fails, you know, our engagement with everything in life, <laughs> my birds are out there, can you hear them? My engagement with everything in life, your engagement with everything in life provides you with an opportunity for growth and evolution a healing crisis, the death of a loved one, the birth of a new child, 
the ending of a marriage, the beginning of a relationship, all of these things provide us with kind of grist for the personal mill, you know, grist for the spiritual mill, if you will. Um, they provide us with opportunities to develop wisdom through experience, to understand ourselves in a different way, in a more important, uh, more long-lasting and um, significant way. So when we get to midlife, there are certainly, uh, there's certainly changes that can happen in our careers or in our relationships. I mean, you know, that happens all throughout life. It may be that our career or our businesses take on a different flavor as we get older, but even more important is this purpose in terms of, is our purpose being our own spiritual evolution? Because as we get older, um, we begin to connect more deeply with the reality that we're not here forever. So we start to ask questions like, what happens to us when we die? Does consciousness live on? Do I, as this personality, Cheryl, continue to exist? Do I just transform into energy? A nameless, faceless consciousness? What happens to loved ones when they die? Are we able to connect with them in some way? Um, what has been, what has been meaningful to me in my life? You know, what am I really? What are the experiences that I've had that have really brought me something important? You know, so as as I've reached midlife, I found that my interior life becomes equally important sometimes more important than my exterior life. And I think it's important for all of us to recognize that the purpose that we have as we get, as we get to midlife is to really begin to invest more time and energy in our inner life. So what does that mean and how do you do it? Well, one of my favorite ways these days over the last, I'd say, year and a half has been doing dream work. It's something I did early, probably in my late 20s, early 30s, I went through a period of a couple of years of doing dream work where I would remember my dreams, I'd write them down in a journal. Um, I worked with a Jungian analyst in my late 20s and early 30s to understand, to really kind of just understand my dream life, my interior life, what my unconscious was trying to offer me through the lens of dreams, you know, what I was what I was being called to look at, the images and the experiences that were that existed below the conscious level that wanted that were bubbling up and wanting my attention. And I find now at midlife that I've returned to a similar practice and find it incredibly insightful and helpful and healing and exciting, adventurous. And so sometimes the way that we begin to explore this next stage of life at midlife, our next purpose, if you will, is by um, doing dream work. Now, a lot of people will say to me, I love the idea of dream work, but I never remember my dreams. Well, we all dream. You may not remember it when you wake up. You may not remember them when you wake up, but we're all dreaming. Depends on the quality of sleep you get. Um, you know, the, the mind is always, the, the brain is always sort of processing our daily experiences, whether we're conscious of it or not. 
you'll find that if you put a journal next to your bed or a notebook, anything, piece of paper and a pen, and you start to, even when you wake up, notice, stay in the same position that you're laying in when you wake up and just notice if there are any thoughts or images or memories, anything from your dream life that occurs to you, you'll find that if you just get up and jot down fragments even, you know, whatever, whatever you remember, I remember a tree, I remember the sky, I remember clouds, I remember a bright light, or I remember, you know, a person. If you just start to capture the fragments on paper, what you do is you send a message to your unconscious that you're paying attention and that you're actually interested in a connection. And in doing that, you'll find that you'll begin to remember your dreams more and more. Um, it'll become easier to remember them. And I always find that if I wake up and I am conscious of the fact that I had a dream, but I roll over, a lot of times if I get into a different position, it's like the dream takes off, it goes somewhere. But if I put my body back in the position I was in as I was waking up and dreaming, I can often, it's, it's, it's you know, to me, it's this amazing example of how the mind and body are connected because the body becomes this channel. And if you put it in the right position, the channel opens again and you're able to remember what you were dreaming about. Um, I find dream work to be really, really helpful as part of this next purpose at midlife, which is thinking, you know, facing mortality and um, living more, uh, certainly more authentically, you know, that's what I would hope for all of us at midlife. You know, you start to care less and less what other people think and more and more about what you think, how you think and feel. Um, and time alone becomes important. So there's dream work, there's time alone, certainly being in nature. Uh, I find when I go for walks, if I go for walks by myself, there's just a way in which nature's communicating with us all the time. It connects us to what's true and real and um, uh, it, it connects us to that sort of that thread of oneness that exists in all of us. So spending time alone in nature is another way that you can begin to just ponder your life. That's kind of how I think of it. Like, you know, I'll be out walking around and I'll be thinking about, you know, where am I at at this time in my life and what really matters to me now and what no longer matters? What do I think should matter? What do I think shouldn't matter? Um, who have I been up until this point in my life? What are the things, what priorities have I had and how do I want those to change? And sometimes I don't even ask questions like that. I'm just present for my experience, what I'm seeing in front of me, what I'm hearing, the birds singing, the tweet, the trees, the trees, um, you know, swaying in the wind, just being present is um, a wonderful way for what's unconscious or what's sort of you know, of, of letting the soul, I'm always doing this, I think of the soul back here, the higher self back here, the soul, it's a wonderful way to let the soul speak to you. Um, certainly journaling, even if you've never journaled, you don't have to journal every day, you don't have to journal like 17,000 pages, just putting pen to paper and writing a little bit about what you're thinking, how you're feeling, you know, sensations that you have, what's been on your mind lately, um, these kinds of things, uh, can just be a wonderful way for you to connect with yourself just in a more intimate way at midlife. Um, also, 
I love, um, I also love to just spend time meditating, just being quiet with my eyes closed, my attention inward, um, just allowing my thoughts to pass through. And um, sometimes when I meditate, it's a little bit different than what you hear. Yes, I may start out following my breath, but as time goes on when I'm meditating, I, I allow my breath to get shallower and shallower and shallower. I imagine the breath sort of like, I imagine when I start meditating that there's a flame inside of me. And then I imagine that flame very, very slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller so that, and as it gets smaller, I retreat inward. I really imagine turning my attention and my, t my energy inside so that, and, and with each breath, that flame gets tinier and tinier so that it's just a little, like a little pilot light. And when I'm focused, um, when I focus on taking that inner flame down to a little, almost like the flame that you would see on a lighter, right? When I focus on taking that flame down and turning my energy and my attention inward, I find that I get into a very, very deeply peaceful state. And it's in that state that certain things will occur to me Sometimes they're related to the things I've been thinking about, and sometimes they feel like they're completely unrelated to me, but I'll get a piece of wisdom or insight from that place. So all to say that midlife is a time to very consciously look at how you're balancing your, the energy that goes out into the world, the energy that you put into relationships, that you put into work, that you put into your business, that you put into the news, that you put into social media, that you put into your engagement with any kind of electronics, whether it's you know, the phone or the computer, um, just really looking at how much of my energy is going out, focused on out, other people, what they're doing, um, the neighbors, whatever it might be, and how much of my energy is being turned inward, how much of my time and energy and attention Am I placing on my interior life? Now, some of you may have had the experience of being with people who are much older than you, who are frightened at the, at, towards the end of their lives, or are chronically negative, or are um, frustrated. You know, their worlds get really small, and they they get sort of cranky and judgmental. These are some of the things that can happen if we don't engage and give more attention to our interior life. Then what happens is, let's see if I can explain this right. Well, let me explain it as best I can. What happens is we become more entrenched in our personality. Now remember, your personality, who you are, me, Cheryl, a woman, married, coach, writer, whatever it might be, my personality is the ego that has carried me through life, has allowed me to function in life. It's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But remember, I am consciousness in a physical body. I am a spiritual being inhabiting this physical body while I'm here. And um, as time goes on, if I'm more engaged in the outer world, then I'm strengthening the personality 
And I'm not strengthening the connection to myself as a soul, myself as consciousness. Therefore, our world becomes, it's almost like there's a shell around us and the shell is your personality. What's inside is the soul. And if you don't feed what's inside, that shell gets tighter and firmer and harder and kind of um, brittle. And I think, I personally think that's why a lot of times you'll see people in their 80s and their 90s and sometimes their 70s who are just quite miserable, um, aren't happy, and or are really frightened at the idea of their lives ending. Now look, we're all frightened of that in some way, shape, or form. It's just part of being human. But I can assure you that you can lessen your anxiety about the end of your life and the loss of yourself and loved ones um, by putting more time and attention on your interior life instead of your exterior life. There's nothing sadder than me than to see people suffering, really suffering later in life because they didn't do the kind of healing work necessary in order to feel free and in order to feel really um, available to their loved ones, their friends and their family, um, in order to feel a kind of engagement with, um, you know, with a, a deeper connection with other people. So that, all of that happens. Life gets richer, our relationships get more meaningful and, and richer. Our, uh, the gifts that we bring to the world, the work that we offer the world becomes more effective and sort of steeped in wisdom. All of these things happen as we begin to make, um, as we give more attention to our interior life. And again, as I said earlier, you can do that through dream work. You can do that through therapy. I didn't mention that. Therapy is working with maybe an older wise therapist who can sort of operate as a steward or a guide for you as you go along that process. Um, writing in a journal, spending time in nature, meditating. I mean, I'm always saying that to you people. I'm always talking about set an alarm for 10 minutes on your phone, start there and begin to get in the practice of connecting with yourself as a soul instead of um, just a physical being. These things are so important. I can't stress it enough. And the more you do it, the more you're gonna discover that there is this wild and wonderful life inside of you longing for your attention. That's your purpose at midlife, is to begin to withdraw some of your energy from so much of the outer world so that you can bring, give more energy and attention to your inner world. So I'm curious as to how that lands with you. Um, I'm wondering if you can identify with that, if you have started to give more of your, uh, give your interior life more of your time and attention, what's happened as a result of that. Just feel free to post in the, um, in the comments section here and I'll see if I can't scroll through. Sometimes I can and sometimes I can't, we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Cindy, Cindy, this is important. Cindy says, this is so timely for me as I've been struggling with this very thing. I'm 65 single and no children and I don't regret it, but I keep feeling like I've wasted my life where I'm not living my purpose. How do I accept where I'm at in life and find peace? Hold on, Cindy. I just, I forgot to have a piece of paper here. I don't want to forget your name as this scrolls through. I feel like I've wasted my life. A lot of people will say that to me as they get into their 60s and 70s. Cindy, this is exactly what I'm talking about. 
You will never feel like you've wasted your life when you turn your attention inward. When we're so outer focused and we're all trained to be that way, but when we're so outer focused, we're always looking to the outer world to give us meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction. It's never where it's found. Yes, we have experiences that feel meaningful and important without a doubt, but you have to be present, right? You have to show up for them. You have to be able to give them your attention. You have to be open-hearted enough to connect with people, for example. And Cindy, um, if you take to heart what I've said in the first you know, 20 minutes of this Facebook Live, go back and watch it again and begin to engage in dream work or maybe you know, working with a therapist or getting out into nature on a consistent basis, not every now and then. Make a daily walk a practice and notice what happens. As you start to spend more time engaged in your, with your interior life, I promise you, you're not gonna feel like you've wasted your life. We all feel like life is wasted when we don't show up for ourselves when we've spent too much time and energy focused out there. It's just how it works. When you show up for yourself, you're never gonna feel like your life is wasted. And the added benefit of that is your engagement with the outer world becomes more authentic and sincere and meaningful. And you bring, I mean, you know, I know that I, I bring language and presence that supports deeper conversations with the people I spend time with now. And that's what I want. And I really don't care whether people think I'm strange or, you know, um, a lot of times I'm asking people, tell me about what's going on for you in your life now. What are you thinking about? Are you tired of doing what you're doing? What do you think happens when we die? That's a favorite question my husband Michael asks when we're out to dinner a lot with people. What do you think happens when we die? And it always, you know, ends up spawning this like great conversation, a, a, a really interesting, stimulating conversation. So that's, um, that's some of what I would rec recommend to you, um, Cindy. Don't waste the second half of your life. Don't do that. Be present for it. Be present for yourself. Spend more time on the inside. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah, Jennifer, the unknown is a bit frightening, but you know there is a whole world that exists within you just waiting for you to pay attention. And when you spend more time turning inward, you'll discover, you'll actually discover that there's not so much that's unknown anymore. There you go. Let's see. Um, Maureen says, I'm timely. I just turned 60 and I'm feeling overwhelmed and sad. Well, Maureen... Make a list of everything that's overwhelming you and take a look at that list and ask yourself, how can I get rid of 50% on that list? And of course you're feeling sad because, and I totally identify with this, in the years that I've spent being way too busy for my life, when I finally would stop, oftentimes the very first feelings that would come to the surface would be sadness. And it's because I missed myself. I missed my life. I missed my connection to my life. And then from that, it, you know, is birthed to every connection we have with others. We can't have good connections with others if we don't have a good connection with ourselves. And so start to do some of the things that I'm talking about, Maureen, and I think you'll find, well, actually, let me first say this, and I, I say this all the time too, I know. Most people I deal with have way too much on their plates. They're too busy. 
and they're too overstimulated and overwhelmed, especially with this crazy, insane world we live in right now. So take, make a list of everything that's overwhelming you. See how much of it you can just let go of. Just say the hell with it. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I've done that before with my to-do list. If I find in my to-do list that the same old shit keeps showing up in the to-do list over and over again, there are times where I just say, you know what? I am cutting these five things out. I don't even care. I don't care if they get done. I don't care if people are pissed or people are disappointed. I'm not going to be a slave to a to-do list anymore. I'm not going to be a slave to... Um, to all of these things that keep me overwhelmed and missing my life. This is your time, sweetheart. You're in your 60s. It's time to be radical. It's time to just say enough already and to just, you know, just make you and your priorities more important. No one's going to die if you do that. I promise you that. Okay. Um, Okay, let's see. I'm just scrolling through your comments. Um, uh, Sean says, my nest is about to empty after 25 plus years as a stay-at-home mom. It's like half of my personality is changing. It's exciting and scaring at the same time. Absolutely, Sean. You know, I, um, I was talking to my assistant, Lisa, who's just this incredible mother of three children. And, you know, her last child is in college. And, you know, I was just saying to her, I have such respect and admiration for mothers who truly dedicate. I mean, Lisa's somebody, she is like a mother, like the kind of mother you want to have, right? Dedicated her life to her children. I think my sister Michelle is the same way. My sister Lisa dedicated their lives to their children. And your personality called mother is really well-developed, really, um, uh, deeply entrenched into who, you know, it's, it's a big part of your personality. It's a big part of who you are. So it is scary. I mean, I often joke, I remember I was, I've said this to people before when I had my sweet little cat Poupon, after I had him for a year, he was really tiny and we sort of raised him. And when he got to be a year old, I remember saying to Michael one day, Oh my God, if somebody told me you can love this little being but in like three years, you're going to have to let them go because they're going to go off to college or whatever. I would be devastated. I don't, I said to him, I have a whole new appreciation and this is just a cat. I mean, just a little, you know, not just a cat. He was like a little soul animal, but this is, you know, an animal. And, you know, I didn't give birth to him. So I, I can, I can understand why it feels scary and uncomfortable. And you said it, Sean, it's also exciting you are about to embark on an adventure. Now, when we embark on new stages of life, new adventures of life, there's a period of sadness and grief and endings. There has to be. It is unavoidable. I remember one time my sister Michelle told me years ago, I don't even know if she remembers this, that she was upstairs in her attic going through the bins of baby clothes that she had when she knew that she wasn't going to have any more children. And just how sad it made her. And I thought, what a beautiful ritual. And I think rituals are important. They're so important. What a beautiful ritual to do something like go through baby clothes or go through um, photos or, you know, artwork from when they were kids or whatever. But so this is a time as you embark on this new adventure called 
Sean in her own life as a woman, as a midlife woman about to make her needs a priority in a whole new way, there's going to be a period of sadness and grief. What we have loved and what we lose is always worthy of our grief. And so there's going to be sadness. It's going to come and go like waves coming and going. That's what grief does. And the more we open our hearts to it, the more we welcome it in. Okay, I welcome this in. I'm going to sit down and have a good cry or I'm going to, um, I'm going to let the pain of loss come in. The more we do that, the wave then subsides and um, they start, the wave starts to come less and less frequently the more we allow ourselves to grieve the losses. So the beginning of any, any exciting adventure of the next stage of our life is always Okay, I don't know if you can, if you can hear me, would you throw up hearts because it's telling me that I'm not connected. And um, I'm wondering if you can still, oh, what is going on here? All right, let's see if I can do this again, people. <laughs> no, it's not connecting me. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. Okay, well. I'm going to assume that maybe you can, um, maybe you can see me, yeah, because um, you're throwing up hearts. So I'm just going to, I'm going to keep talking. Um, Terry, do me a favor in the comments. Just let me know if you can still see me and hear me. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, you can. Okay, great. All right, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna continue. This is telling me it's trying to reconnect, but it looks like you all still can. So anyway, Sean, um, I hope that's helpful. That whole notion of, you know, being, um, being on this new adventure, um, it is exciting. And the sadness and the grief will be interspersed with exciting events as well. Look for them. You'll appreciate it. You'll, uh, you'll, it'll, it'll help to kind of temper the times where you feel sad and you're supposed to feel sad. You've been spending all your life raising your children. God bless you. And it's time for you. Okay. Let's see. Thank you everybody for letting me know. Um, I'm so glad you can see me and hear me because this is telling me that it's trying to reconnect. Um, all right. Let's see. Um, I'm going to finish up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm going through. So Linda says, I'm going through that grief right now. Thank goodness for the Holdens and their sharing of teaching A Course in Miracles. Yeah, they've done a wonderful job with their online community. It's been a huge help in going within because I really have no choice with all the children and grandchildren moved away. Yeah, sometimes that's what happens. We, um, you know, I was just talking with a friend of mine earlier today, a single woman who just lost her dog after a very long and beautiful life. And she was saying, it's so strange to be alone for the first time in my life. And I know that's what I really need. And um, there is some real uh, our, our exciting opportunities when we learn to be at peace with our aloneness. Um, but it's, it's unsettling and uncomfortable. And as I said, Linda, there's a time of transition. You know, what's really important with all of this 
as we go through these transitions is to be able to reach out to other people, to talk about what's going on, to share your stories with one another, to, um, to just know that you're not alone. You don't have to grieve in isolation. Um, it's really important to reach out to other people, to have a balance of both. I find that it's extremely important for me. That's why I say sometimes midlife is a great time to go into therapy. You could work with a Jungian analyst or you could work with, you know, a family systems therapist or an internal family systems, you know, um, the different parts of you. I mean, it's, it's exciting to just decide, I want to get to know myself in a deeper and better way, in a stronger, interesting way. Um, in that regard, I think it's just, I think it's awesome. It's, uh, I love, I love the inner journey. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, oh, thank you, Gabriella. Um, all right, well, you know what? I think I'm gonna leave it there. Um, yeah, I know, thank you, Lisa, just posted Waking Up in Winter. I mean, I will say that my book, Waking Up in Winter, In Search of What Really Matters at Midlife, is um, all about this, I mean, it really is, it, in some ways, it's a tribute to the interior life. It's about my moving from so much of a focus in my outer world, in my career, in my business, to my inner world, and um, connecting with, with what really mattered at that stage in my life. And so, at this stage in my life, and I can tell you that when you do that, boy, I, there is a kind of richness that I have to my life now that I haven't had ever. It's different. And it's wonderful. And I want that for you. So um, you might want to check out Waking Up in Winter. And certainly, if you're in the New England area, um, October's retreat is all about this. It's all about our relationship with ourselves, falling in love with ourselves, looking at the stages of life where things change and we're trying to figure out what's important and what's next. I mean, we just have such a wonderful time at the retreats working, I'm, I'm coaching, working with individuals in a way that supports the whole group. And um, we laugh a lot, we cry, and we, um, we leave there changed. I know I do. And most people tell me they do too. So um, I'll post a link to the retreat as well when we finish up here. So anyway, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm really, I appreciate you being here. And I'll go back and look at some of your comments afterwards. Uh, yeah, thanks, Sean. I see your post there. Great. All right, everybody. I'm sending you lots of love and lots of um, encouragement for this new purpose at Midlife, which is all about you as a soul, as consciousness in the physical body, getting to know that side of you, that deepest part of you, that most authentic part of you. It's great. It's a great time. I love Midlife. I really do. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye.